respect to the people of the Woi Wurrung and Bun Wurrung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations on whose unceded lands the SIN office and studios stand. SIN Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. SIN Media also acknowledges the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches and on which SIN partner organisations stand. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So today we have an interview with Andy Porcheska, who is she, her pronouns, has diplegia cerebral palsy and uses a walking stick to get around. She lives on the central coast of New South Wales, has a bachelor's degree in communication majoring in journalism from Newcastle University. She has a passion for radio and has her own show called Think Andy It's Friday on her local community station, Coast FM 96.3. Her dream is to get into the commercial sector one day. So you're ah, Andy. Yes, nice to meet you. And you have a bachelor's degree in communication majoring in journalism from Newcastle University, Australia. And you also work in radio and you have your own show called Thank Andy, It's Friday on the local community station, Coast FM. Yes, that's right. And you plan on going into the commercial sector one day. Yes. Um, So you love community radio and have your own show on the local station. Tell us about your show and what you love about it. So my show, um, it started when I was about... um, 14 when I moved to the Central Coast from Sydney and I didn't have any outlets so basically um, I started volunteering at the station and did all the training and then eventually I got into doing um, Thank Andy It's Friday which is basically um, it's pop culture based the station was very sort of easy listening but after 6pm which is when my shift is um, it caters to different audiences and so mine, my show is basically pop culture based. It's about, you know, the newest emerging artists, um, things that are, um, you know, top 40. So celebrity news, um, movies, you know, things that uh, people sort of 18 to 35 would really enjoy and above that as well. Um, I just love it because it allows me to be creative and, um, you know, they, my listeners know I have a disability, but I don't, you know, talk about it too much. Um, and I can just be myself and, and that's a really great thing. It's just me connecting with people on a really personal level, um, and just having fun. I get to go to, I go to concerts and sort of, you know, take a few photos and review, um, the concert and um, talk about, you know, what's going on in the world. And, yeah, I just really love it. And so it says that um, you now, well, this is a community radio show you're doing, but it says you wish to go into the commercial sector one day. Um, the commercial sector, of course, is not as friendly as a lot of community broadcasting, as I have found out, and I have actually been knocked back from it a few times. Um, do you find the commercial sector is going to be, a very big jump for you? Do you think the commercial sector is going to be accessible? Do you think they're going to put in what they can to make it accessible for you and to take on your skills? I would really hope so. I've done a couple of um, like work experience uh, things as, you know, as a result of uni. I went and did um, a work experience in Newcastle at a commercial station. Um, I think it will be a big jump. I think it will be difficult. 
and I'm not really sure whether they will. Hopefully they will make it accessible, but if they don't, I'm happy to really fight for it because it's been a dream of mine for the last 10 years to eventually get into the commercial sector. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard, but, um, you know, I'm no stranger to adversity, so I'm happy to, you know, keep fighting to get what I you know where I would like to be eventually. And... So in the commercial sector, where do you actually wish to be? What what would be your absolute dream and goal? What would be that the ultimate role for you in the commercial sector that will bring you you make my, you you've done it? My ultimate goal would be on would be breakfast radio and being one of those personalities. I mean, um I one of my absolute idols is um, M. Rossiano in the radio industry, and to be able to, you know, have a show of of you know me and a couple of other people just bouncing things off each other and having a really great time, um, you know, it's going to be early hours, but the the absolute ultimate dream would be breakfast radio, um, and having people wake up every morning and and tuning in um as our you know as a little bit of a pep in their step uh for the day that would be my absolute dream really and do you think that your disability has created barriers to get there and i i think it has um it it has created barriers uh in in life i'm not entirely sure if if it has created barriers in the radio industry, I think there will be um, because I think, you know, as applying for any job, there, there are times where people see my disability before they see the brains and, you know, the rest of me. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, yeah, I, I think there probably will be. I can't really pinpoint what they will, what they are. Um, I think it'll just be a, a matter of seeing, you know, the person as opposed to the disability, which when it comes to um, jobs in the past, I've struggled. I've struggled. But I think, you know, the radio industry is very difficult for anyone to get into, um, you know, able-bodied or disabled. So uh, will my disability make it harder? I think it will be. Uh, it will make it harder. But, you know, I'm, again, still really willing to fight um, to get there, essentially. So you have cerebral palsy and a passion about being a voice for the community. What do you want other people to know? Well, cerebral palsy, I want them to know that it, it doesn't mean that um, people with cerebral palsy can't live very uh, fulfilling lives. Um, I was always taught to, you know, be treated. Um, I know the word normal isn't really a thing anymore, but um, you know, to approach life as, you know, if you can't do things one way, you can do things another way. And, you know, just because we have cerebral palsy doesn't mean we don't have the same aspirations, the same dreams as um, as an able-bodied person. You know, we can still be loved. Um, you know, we can still have meaningful relationships and partners and, and we are very employable. We want to work. We want to contribute to the community. Um, and if we want help, we'll tell you, you know, but, but we are regular people on, you know, on the inside, uh, just because our bodies, um, may not work the same way as everybody else's. Um, we can still live very fulfilling lives and do whatever we want to do. We just may have to find a new way of doing it um, to get around our limitations, essentially. 
sorry, my internet, uh, my um thing just unplugged. Um, so accessibility in the media industry is a very big topic, and you're specifically going into radio, which a lot of people think to be a dying industry. How would you view radio as an industry that is probably not going to be around in the next maybe even 10, 20, 30 years? I, I think um, I, I understand why they think it's dying, but I think it's more of a changing industry as opposed to dying. We may not do it the same way in 10, 20, 30 years, but, you know, now we have podcasting. Um, I think I think it's changing from the sort of analogue, for lack of a better word, into the digital age. So we have Spotify, we have podcasting, we have, um, you know, lots of different avenues to go on. And, you know, a lot of radios, they have apps to access, um, you know, for my radio show, for instance, I have a lot of people who are in Sydney and say, I want to listen to you, but I can't get you. And I say, you know, go to, go to the app, um, you know, or, or any sort of radio app. I think, I think it's changing, but I don't think it'll ever die because, um, you know, advertising is still going to be a thing. So people are going to still need voiceovers. They're still going to need, um, um, people to voice their ads. Uh, music is something that will never ever die, um, uh, and and topics that need to be talked about are not going to die. So people are still going to get behind a mic. It just may not be um, in a studio or in the traditional way that we that we know it. I think it'll. I think it's changing into the digital age. But is it going to die? I really hope it won't, and I, I don't think it will. I think it's just going to change into a different being, for lack of a better way of putting it. So how do you feel about the accessibility of the media industry as a disabled young person? Do you find that the media industry is accessible to you, particularly the radio industry? The radio industry, I feel, is very, at the moment, it is accessible. Um, I've, especially in the community sector, um, you know, I was always welcomed and I always feel like when I get behind that mic, I can be myself. I can see how the media industry, um, you know, can, it can, it can seem like it isn't accessible. And I think there are, there is, there are improvements to be made. Um, but I think we'll get there. I think, I think every industry has, has parts of it that are inaccessible, but I think, especially with the digital age and there's so many different ways that people can, can access it. Um, and, I think I think radio is very accessible because especially people don't see my disability because they just hear my voice. Whether it be, I think, you know, I wanted to be in the TV industry when I was younger. I think that would be a more difficult industry to get into because I am disabled and I walk different and, um, you know, there are parts of me, like I look a little bit different when I walk and I think that would freak people out a bit if I jumped on the, t- on the TV. I would love to see. Um, you know, a news anchor or a, you know, reporter or something who, who did have a disability because that was something that I always wanted to do. Um, have you ever considered going into maybe podcasting or voicing or voiceovers or something that is, well, similar skills to radio but not actually radio? Yes, I have. I would love to do voice. I've actually done a couple of commercials for, um, 
for my local community station that I that I have my show on. Um, and I have done a couple of courses um, in uh, voiceover. I, I think podcasting is fabulous. I would love to do that. Um, that's something that I just have to get the courage up to start doing, essentially. Um, but I would love to do that. So um, I'm also in community radio and I have been for about four years now. I have attempted to break into the um, the commercial and public funded broadcasting, so the ABC and the SBS, and also some, you know, commercial shows like Kiss and the whatnot. Yeah. Um, every time I've attempted, I actually have not been able to get a job. I had one, you know, graduate job that I tried, but I didn't get into it, even though, though my actual media major is not radio or media at all. It's actually theatre. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, um, that's also another industry that I feel much like radio is also um, changing a lot and has been sort of making itself more appear more accessible, but in reality is still preferencing people who are not disabled. A lot of jobs now ask for accessibility requirements, and in my opinion, that is just a, they're going to see, oh, disability accessibility requirement, and they're just going to throw away application. That's how I feel. We used to actually do these interviews completely live. Oh, wow. Do you do live broadcasting or do you do pre-recorded broadcasting? Uh, mainly live. I mean, if I know that I can't be there one night, then I might do a pre-record, but very rarely will I do a pre-record. Most of the time um, I will do live, but I'm also part of um, – I thought this might be cool to add. I'm part of a um, show – I'm a, I'm a guest on a show uh, that is dedicated to youth and disability on on the station as well, which that's pre-recorded. But my show is predominantly live. Do you feel that pre-recorded broadcasting is going to absolutely change the landscape? Because during the pandemic, almost all the shows were pre-recorded. Um, do you think that that is something that you believe should be kept? I have found pre-recorded broadcasting much more accessible for a lot of our guests. Hmm. And also convenience as well because I don't they don't have to come to the studio at a certain time. They can do it in their own time and coming to the studio might not go with their schedules. I I think I think it makes it more accessible. Uh and it also um probably would make the guest feel a bit more comfortable. I know when I've been on a guest on shows, if I know it's pre recorded, then I go, Okay, you know, I don't have to like if I make a mistake, um, then I don't have to stress as much. But I really enjoy live as well. So I think that that, I think that, you know, I really wish that, I hope that that live is kept as well. Um, but during the times that we're in, um, you know, if you'd asked me this three years ago, I would have said live is a hundred percent better, but in the climate that we're in, I think, um, pre-recorded is, is a very valuable asset to to have and it does make things a lot more accessible um i'm not a big fan of it myself in terms of my show because i'm terrible at audio editing um but but it does make things a lot more accessible and and you know probably makes the guests feel a little bit more comfortable and the people presenting as well but um i think it will be kept i think i think it will be kept especially you know with with the climate we're in with isolations and covid and and all that kind of stuff. I think it's very useful for things like that. But then I also really enjoy live as well. So I think both of them have their place. So when you apply for jobs, your disability 
it's a visible disability. So people, you know, you walk into the job interview and people can tell that you are disabled. For someone like me, I if I wanted to, whilst I personally consider autism to be a visible disability, there is no doubt about it being visible. It is. I'm very personal on that issue of being a visible disability. If I were to have kept it a secret, walking into job interviews would just completely change my life. Uh, it'll be a completely different People wouldn't even know. Mm. But I don't really feel safe keeping it under wraps. I think that it is important for me to tell people that I have this disability. I just don't feel comfortable going around perpetuating the idea that autism must be kept secret. How do you feel about going into job interviews? Do you tell people that you have autism or do you keep it a secret? Um, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean yeah. okay. Uh, do you tell people you have cerebral palsy or do you keep it a secret? Uh, well, I I tend to tell people straight away um, simply because, I mean, you can see it straight off. So, so I mean, I'm very lucky to be um, in the current job that, that I'm in because um, I'm very, you know, I'm very accepted and, and, and you know, that didn't really, um, it wasn't an issue. But I have had, job interviews in the past where um people have looked me up and down and I don't I don't put it on my resume so it's not staring them in the face but when I come up to the job interview um you know they'll see it and then I will say you know okay you know you've noticed that um I have a walking stick this is because I have cerebral, cerebral palsy and it it um you know, it doesn't stop me. My brain is still very switched on. I'm very intelligent, but I wanted you to know I have cerebral palsy because, you know, when people first meet me, they can be quite confronted. And um, I have had people kind of, there was one job interview I, I had years ago that I walked in and the guy looked me up and down and I wanted to walk straight out because his reaction was, oh, oh, okay. Like, you know, he was really shocked. Um, so, so I, I don't put it on my resume, um, because I don't feel like I should have to, but when I have a job interview, I will say straight up, um, unless it's, unless I'm applying for something in the disability sector, which I have done before, um, then I will put on my resume, look, I've had lived experience with disability as I have CP. Um, so it's, so it actually becomes something that is beneficial for the job. But, yeah, no, I, I don't put it on my resume, but when I go in there, I will briefly touch on it. I don't talk about it too much because I don't want it to be the only thing they see. Um, but that's the issue that I've had in the past, that people, once they, you know, they think my resume and my cover letter is great and then I get there and they see me and they sort of, you can tell that they're internally having a little bit of a panic because they've obviously never employed someone with a disability before and they don't know how to handle it, which I really wish that would change um, because we are very willing to work and very willing to do, you know, go above and beyond and do the job and we're intelligent people. So, you know, that's something that in the employment um, sector, I think that that needs to become more accessible. I like to boast that I'm a Bachelor of Arts from Monash University. I majored in theatre and then also in history and also minored in German. I am probably more qualified than most able-bodied people and that's all I want to say to the world. 
that exactly that's the thing when they they when they wanted to chuck me in sort of a macca's job years ago and i'd sit there and go i have a bachelor's degree in communications i'm probably more qualified than most of the other clients you're like you know give me a job that's gonna stimulate me and 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 help me use my brain you know because i want to use it and i want to work and i want to make a difference in the world and i'm finally in a job where i can do that um but it took a long time to get there um, because people just was like, okay, she's got a disability. We'll put her, we'll put her in a, you know, call center or, or a Macca's job or a drive-through job or a shop assistant or something. And I'd sit there and I'd go, I've studied for years at university. I've done other courses. You know, I, I have a lot of qualifications, um, and I, and I want to make a different, like a meaningful difference in the world. I don't want to just fade into the background and I never have, you know, ever since I was a kid, I always used to be in the spotlight on the stage, doing theatre, doing singing, doing whatever. Um, but that dream um, of being in theatre or, you know, an actress, that would be another thing that I've always wanted to do. But then I thought, okay, well, they're not going to fit. But if you get, a, if, if you get anything at all, they're not going to film you below the waist because of the way you walk, you know. Um, and that was something that, that I had to come to terms with. There's no, I think there was one of my friends was like, well, there's no place for people like you in, in theatre or in, in film. Uh, so I went for radio instead. <laughs> but I really wish that they, they would, import, like they would have, you know, more actors and actresses that, that were disabled, you know, um, just so that we could, we could act and, and do all the things that we wanted to do. Um, I didn't think I was going to be talking about this, but I, you know, I just thought about it from when I was a kid and I wanted to do all these different things. And then I had to come to terms with the fact that there's no way you're going to be doing that because of what you've got really. Um, so I really wish that it would be more accessible. Um, I've got two stories that I'm probably going to share. First one is um, when I was in year nine, I um, did drama. I This was when I did it as an elective. They actually forced everyone to do it in year seven, eight at my school, which that's a good idea. My school had brains at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had this horrible drama teacher, which no one liked. <laughs> and <laughs> he actually was only there for a year because the really good drama teacher who is a legend um, or some like some sort of leave, and I don't know. It's probably even long service leave. She'd been at that school for a very long time. Um, so um, she, okay. So this drama teacher said there were three people who were disabled in that class. Um, she just went up to all of us and said, "You shouldn't do this next year. You shouldn't do it. It's just too hard for you." I'm like, "Is that really necessary?" Like. Um, I don't want to be, you're not the judge of my body. It's not up to you if I choose or not choose to do a class. It's your responsibility to make it as accessible as you can. I don't think, hopefully she wasn't even the teacher next year, so it wasn't really an issue. But it's like I now have a major in drama and I'm probably going to have honours in it next year. I'm already more qualified than this person. So another story was that when I was in, um, we went to the the Britain for a holiday around 20, I don't know, I think it was about 15, 16 when this happened and we went to Stratford-upon-Avon and we went to the um, Royal Shakespeare Company, the Royal Shakespeare Theatre, and we went to see Othello and 
one of the lead actresses in it was she only had one arm and I was like that's a disabled actress with physical difference I'm here at one of the most famous theatres in the world. I was like, maybe I can actually pursue theatre. Maybe I actually can do all these things, like pursue drama. And I actually ended up pestering the school to let me do drama the next semester because it was like just seeing that just changed the way I thought about theatre. And then I'll go to university and half the people in my class have autism and it's like I've actually never told anyone at my high school that I had autism until university and I was like, maybe I can actually do this. Maybe it actually isn't that difficult. That I love that story so much. And I think that it would be awesome to have more people with, you know, any disability, but especially a physical one that you can see to see that it can be done, you know, because I had to, I remember being young, kind of wanting to be an actress, you know, when you're seven, eight, nine, ten years old going, I want to be an actress, I want to be a singer, I want to be all this. And then I thought, no one's going to, you know, I can't do that because because I have a physical disability. Um, and I still want to do something creative, so I went into radio and I that's become my my dream. But I remember when, I, when acting was my dream and I was like, oh, I can't do that, you know, and I did do drama until year 12. Um, I loved, I loved being, you know, I, I did love that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's difficult when you have people telling you, you can't do something. And I'm always one of those people that as soon as someone tells me I can't do something, it makes me want to do it even more. 